Hey everyone, I'm Gracie. Welcome to the Grace of Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. Keep listening to hear the incredible journey this week's guest has been on. Hi, Patricia. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. I'm super excited. I think what you're doing is wonderful and is helping so many military kids. So tell me a little bit about kind of what you're doing and your experiences. Well, Life of a Military Child is the name of my my company, and it's also the name of the book series. And what I decided to do, I decided to put together like a storyline to kind of help military children, not just military children, but all children understand the dilemmas that we go through. Because even though it's life of a military child, every child endures some type of stress and relocating, and they may know someone who is deploying And so Mm -hmm. it basically just ties a story to help educate the young minds of pushing through, pushing through those struggles. Yeah. And I think, you know, in any situation, but especially in the lives of military children, it can be hard to navigate these situations that you go through. Um, They're not the typical situations that you may see on TV or may read in books. So having your books, can show like these other situations that actually happen in the military child's life of moving, deployments, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to kind of take you on the little, the basically explain from A through Z as to what books I have out right now. So the first book is Grace is Relocating and it's fitting because your name is Grace. And we're on the podcast, Grace of a Military Child. So I thought that was super awesome. But Grace is relocating. Grace's family is, uh, her parents are mill to mill. And they travel from Eatonville, Florida to their next duty station. And so she talks about her struggle in that. Then you have Cameron, mom is deploying. So Cameron, his parents are the traditional military family. And so Cameron, mom, when she deploys and get her orders, Cameron is not happy about that. And so now you see Cameron's struggle um, with with his pair, his mother deploying as well. So then the third book, the third book talks about resilience. And and that is has skyrocketed to different things <laughs> that got me thinking of other ways of how we can educate those young minds. And it's layered. This book is completely layered. It has life lessons in the back of the book. And it has quiz in the back of the book for the children and parents or teachers to actually go through what lessons were learned inside of the book. So I'm very, very excited about that book. Yeah. And that, you know, you have the traditional books of like just reading and like pictures and words. And then like you were saying, this third book, it has so many layers to it to where you can ask these questions and you know, kids are so curious. That's what I love about kids is they're so curious. They want to know more. Um, They always have questions. And so having, you know, these quizzes, these applications and everything else that you are offering in these books, these kids are 
probably just thinking in their minds of, well, what is this? What is that? And so it gets conversations starting of, you know, so many other topics. Yes, ma'am. It does. It spearheads into other things. And, And that's what I like about it. It honestly, for me, when I started putting these things together, the outline and and the storyboard, I wanted to have it to where the parents are able to engage because sometimes they don't, it's that conversation to have about deployments and relocating, hey, we're about to leave again. Sometimes that does not resonate well. And why not put it, put the honus on the book and, you know, and then you can kind of paint that story and, and, it it really, I believe it, it's another resource that the military, military installations in itself at large have a lot of resources. And the only thing that I'm trying to bring, Grace, is more resource, added resources for parents, for military families, and not just for military families, for all families, because the same things that we go through in the military are not, some of them are not indifferent from what everyone in the world goes through, especially with this pandemic. Yes, there are so many trials and tribulations that, you know, military kids go through, but then, you know, civilian kids go through the same things of moving or, you know, a parent being injured. Like there are so many different ways that a parent can get injured still in the civilian world. Um, And still civilian children are still resilient too. And so there's so many, um, ways that it connects. Um, but also you're educating, you know, children and families alike of military kids and civilian families of this is what, you know, we go through because, you know, growing up, we were a reserve family. So we didn't live near military installations. We didn't have many military kids in our schools. I believe me and my sister were some of the only ones. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the counselors, you know, they did their best, but they didn't know how to deal with military kids. We are a different breed than another um, civilian child. And so it helps to educate these people and be like, hey, this is what they're going through. This is what, you know, their situation looks like. And this is how you can help them. Right. Now, I do have a question for you. With your podcast, you have lots of military children on your podcast. Can you give me like the top three things of what what they're talking about? Like what is the largest impact on their family as being a military child? So what I would say is like the top of the list is moving and more specifically moving schools. Some of them say like, you know, we've been to 13 different schools. Well, that's about a new school every year. Like, you know, (laughs) that's not easy to do that. And so moving, moving schools, um, I hate to give you like one answer, but like moving and like unpacking it, like moving schools, making friends, um, you know, going through those situations, I think moving kind of encompasses most of it. Um, but then you can go into like the littler things such as deployments or, um, a couple, um, of the other kids I've interviewed on here are children of veterans who've been injured. And so that's another, Mm. you know, that's something that you don't experience. Mm, That's something that you never want to. And so that is, it's a struggle too. 
Um, I'd say probably kind of those things are what I hear a lot of. Um, and I don't, I haven't had any like younger, younger kids on yet either. So they, you know, they definitely have a lot of different insights as well. Um, but like a lot of high schoolers and a lot of middle schoolers, um, they always say moving schools is one of the hardest things, um, or adults who've been on here, um, you know, removed from the military life for so many years they still say moving schools was like one of the hardest things because it's hard to, you know, there's so many, so many different things within that making friends, new curriculum, um, Mm -hmm. because you'd think moving military school to military school, it's the same curriculum. But when you go like Florida to Washington, to Germany, to Ohio, to Texas, you know, it's so different. Right. Right. You are hitting on a lot of things. (laughs) I'm just just so amazed. I'm listening to you. And you mentioned that there are, (laughs) it's funny how this interview is going. We're just, (laughs) so it's funny. This is um, great. Yeah, I love it. Um, You talked about how the maybe middle schoolers and high schoolers and their impact, right? And you mentioned mm-hmm. that there, you don't have a lot of little ones on your, yes. your platform. That's ironic because the book here, it's for three-year-old to eight-year-old. And so it paints that story for them to help them transition when they go to middle school and high school. And then you mentioned that, and I had no idea that when you transfer to different schools, that the curriculum is drastically different. And so the fourth book that's coming up, it's called Perseverance. And Aiden, that character, the main character, he is struggling with the curriculum at his new school. So um, it's just it's just definitely good to hear that the, the 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 information that you're getting is the information that I'm I'm trying to put out and convey. So, yeah, this is good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I think like, you know, you don't think that curriculum can be a challenge. You really don't because you're like, okay, I'm just going to go to new school. I'm in the same grade. Like we're going to learn the same stuff. But then like, okay, I lived in Ohio um, and we were, you know, we were in a pretty bad area and it was a civilian school district. So it wasn't like a military school or anything, but like I had, we were the school was funded by levies. It was funded by taxes. And so the levy had to be passed to give school funding. Mm -hmm. The levy wasn't passed. And so we were being cut down to five hour school days. It was really only math and reading. And that was it. No electives. If you qualified for a free lunch, you got a bag lunch out the door. And if you took the school bus and you got caught eating your lunch on the bus, then you got it taken away from you. Like, this is how strict it was going, but it was such a blessing because it, my dad got hurt around the same time. So me and my sister didn't have to live in that situation. Hmm. We moved to Texas and then there we had all of these different electives. We had like every single subject being taught. We had computer, we had art, we had drama, music. We had so many different things. Um, and that was in elementary school. And then in middle school, um, you know, I had 
all my standard classes and I took choir and, you know, did all these clubs. And then I come here and I'm like, or Florida in case nobody knew, but (laughs) um, Florida (laughs) now. (laughs) Yes. I love Florida. Um, You know, I come here and we're learning like, you know, the same kind of subject areas, but in Texas, they pushed a lot of Texas history. Ah. Like I moved there and they were like in the middle of learning about the Alamo. And I'm like, I have never even heard about the Alamo before. Like, what are we talking about? (laughs) And then literally one of the classes, um, I left Texas in sixth grade. And so if I would have been there for seventh grade, my history class would have been Texas history. Mm. No state really teaches an entire class just on their history. Like you have world history, you have U.S. history, you have like civics and government and economics and whatever else. And then Texas, you learn Texas. Texas. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I love Texas. I really do. It's one of my favorite places I've been. But at the same time, like I have learned so much of Texas history. And then I come to Florida and I'm having to learn regular like U.S. history and civics. And I'm like so lost because like you didn't really teach us that stuff in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So curriculum change is definitely real, huh? Yes. And um, even it's interesting hearing from people who've lived overseas Mm. because, um, you know, credits don't transfer all the time or like they have to retake classes or like language classes, like Spanish, German, French, like those are so different over there too. Um, you know, living in another country that speaks a whole nother language. Like I can't even imagine that. Like I struggled with English enough. Like I can't imagine adding another language on top of that as well. Right. Those are added barriers. Um, and, and I don't, I don't want to call them because barriers are not, not all barriers are bad. (laughs) Right. Yes. Because I, I also, um, watched a couple of, uh, uh, YouTube clips and and um, a couple of your podcasts and there are young children who love the fact that they get to learn another language. Yes. And so um, I saw one girl. She had she already had um, under her belt four different languages, which is amazing. And she was only nine. And yeah. so that that life of being a military child traveling, I, I understand it has its. It's <laughs> it's pros and it's cons and and I yes. just the barrier um I, you get over barriers and and I I tell you this it's at the end of the day think about it how many people how many children have had that opportunity uh, to to create those barriers and get over those barriers and learn new language and have been to different places. Um, I, I promise at the end of the day, it's rewarding because when you go back to, uh, I'll call it norm- normalcy, <laughs> when you go back, <laughs> right? And, and you're not, you know, traveling so much and relocating and your parents are not deployed. When your parents retire and it's, you know, um, you're, you're in a school now where you're with kids who probably never had parents who deployed. And now you have all this knowledge. Now mm-hmm. you have all of this this, this this experience that you're able to bring and, and share with others. It's a beautiful thing being the one that could bring another language to your your vicinity, to your your 
your your classmates at your new school or yeah. you know those things are I love it. I love shared experience. That's just I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. And like those experiences and, you know, getting over these barriers, it shows the resilience of military children. And, you know, it makes us unique because, you know, not everyone knows four languages by the age of nine. Like some people, you know, are still just learning English. Like, (laughs) you know, there's so many different things that make military children so unique. And then when you get into you know, these regular schools of not traveling or, you know, staying in the same place for, you know, who knows how long at that point, you know, you kind of stand out because, you know, you're different than everyone else. And that's not a, not necessarily in a bad way. Like military children just have this, this aura about them where, you know, you just want to get to know them. And even like military child and military child, like I want to get to know other military children. Like they're so unique. They have so many incredible stories that they've been through and their journey is just so unique compared to any other child. Right. My niece, she, um, she actually, she traveled with me a lot, both of my nieces. And, um, one day she called me up. It was recently, actually, it was, uh, maybe three weeks ago. She said that, hey, you know, TT, I was in class and we were talking about Spain and no one believed me when I told them that I lived in Spain. And she was basically telling them, you know, where she lived in Spain and kind of like the, the history and her shared experience. And she yeah. said, no one believed me. And I said, well, either you just smile with grace and, and you know, continue to educate them on where you lived or you just show them your passport. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she, she, you know, she was one of the ones in, in the classroom that had a shared experience with a, a subject. And she was so excited. But then when she came back and, and shared it with me, she said, no one, none of my, her friends believed her. But of, of course, yeah. she said her teacher pulled her aside and, and, and told her, Hey, that's great that you had something to share, you know, and she's never been her teacher at that time, never been um, out of the country. So uh, again, <laughs> that shared experience, um, sometimes it could be, it can go left when you're, you're back right. to normalcy. Right. But she, she's a tough cookie. So I'm pretty sure she, <laughs> she stayed. <her> <laughs> it's hard sometimes because, you know, I mean, we always say when we tell our story that, you know, it's hard to even believe how some of the things happened, but how some, you know, military journeys are just so crazy that you tell it back and you're like, how did that even happen? How is that even possible? Or, you know, what made this happen? And, you know, just so crazy. And it's hard to believe it sometimes. Right. Um, my mom, when she tells our story, um, she prefaces it a lot by saying, you might not believe this. Like, it sounds <laughs> unbelievable, but, you know, like, it's actually true. Like, a lot of these things actually happen. Right. And it's hard for people who are not connected to the military in any way to actually believe it sometimes. Right. Because I had that question you know, if, if my niece was talking to another, you know, military child, they will probably, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
combat that way. Well, I was in Germany and this is yeah. what I did to learn. And, you know, and while I went here and I was in Turkey. So it's, it's, it's a different world. It's a different world, it is. but it's great. So what made you want to start writing these books and, you know, helping the military community out? Well, that's a good question. Um, so when I was a senior airman, I actually, I actually inherited two little ones. <laughs> and so before I became a senior airman, I always had this mindset, okay, we're, we're deploying, let's go. You know, it was always yeah. a pick up me and go. Right. Um, but when you have two little ones and they're looking up to you and it just changes your perspective on things. Um, so now you have me at my first base and now I'm relocating to Spain, right? There's the language barrier. And then me not knowing that that military family community just yet. And so learning that there is a community out there, there's so many resources on a, a installation, a base. It was, it was so uh, much of a relief, you know? Mm-hmm. But then that's when I started seeing the temperament change in the, the little ones. So now it's time to relocate away from overseas back to stateside. Now I'm stateside. It's time for me to deploy. And now I'm deploying back to back. And um, I saw their temperament. The questions came, why? What are we doing? Like, why are we being punished? Right. And so that's when I felt the need to, to sit them down and kind of explain to them at their level what's going on. And I found that difficult to do. But then I noticed that they gravitate towards books to learn things. And that's when it resonated. Why not? Why not yeah. explain life of a military child in a book? Because kids love to understand and learn things at their level. And their level is that storytelling. So when you, you tell a story, they, they're able to understand and articulate what's happening. And so mm-hmm. that's what happened. I think that's great. And like kids in general, we're just drawn to books. Like, you know, I'm not little anymore, but you know, as when I was little, I was drawn to books. I was constantly learning and reading. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, when even babies, we just give them a lot of books and we expect them to kind of just look at the pictures and think of the stories. And then we'll start reading, you know, to little kids. We Right. start reading them books. And that's, you know, a lot of what they remember as children. They just remember reading books, reading books before bed and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, having these books for military children that are directed towards, you know, okay, your parents going on a deployment. Well, here's a book that helps. Here's a book that explains the situation. And like you said, children ask why, like, Um, And especially when you get to a certain age, you're like, why, why is my parent deploying? Why is, you know, why is even my aunt or uncle deploying? Why, why does this have to happen? And I can only imagine, um, especially with this withdrawal from Afghanistan, I can only imagine the questions that these children are asking or are going to be asking in the future. Um, So it's so important to share that knowledge and for children to always be learning more and more about um, the different experiences. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And the beauty part about each book is the illustration, like you mentioned, um, illustration, graphic designing is, is definitely paramount for me. And, mm-hmm. um, and so when our, my team, we get together, we, we think about this plan of how is this book going to look? How can we not only articulate what we're trying to convey in the words, but in the illustration? And so mm-hmm. when you open up the book, um, some of the illustrations look like as if you're on a military installation, of course, with OPSEC in mind, but you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you have the, the military parents um, in their uniforms and, and things yeah. like that. So it's, again, it's it's a relatable book, especially uh, for, for military families and children to include and not to exclude uh, mil- uh, children in, in general um, with the topic uh, at hand. Yeah. And like you were just saying with those illustrations, like, you know, we can, you know, explain how a military base looks. We can explain seeing everyone in uniform, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to picture because Mm -hmm. you, you don't really see that. You don't see that in normal books. You don't see that on TV. And so a civilian child or civilian family is like, well, we've never been on a military installation before. Yeah. Like, what is this like? Um, the question I always um, get asked uh, a lot from civilian friends is I'll just be having a conversation and I'll be like, yeah, the commissary is great. The PX is great. And they're like, what's the commissary and what's the PX? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the commissary is like your Publix or um, whatever grocery store you have. And, you know, the PX is kind of like a Target or like a Walmart, like, you know, things like that. And you have to kind of relate things to the civilian world, to the military world, because even though, you know, we're all on the same planet, of course, but it's hard to merge the two worlds together and explain. So I think having pictures and illustrations of you know, very similar to a military base. It makes it so much easier for a civilian child to understand, oh, this is what it looks like. This is what, you know, a military base looks like. These are what, you know, my military child friends are telling me about. And this is what it, what it's like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, What is like your goal for these books? What Um, you know, of course, besides helping military kids and helping civilian kids and their families, what, what do you see? What's your vision? My vision is for all of the main characters, um, eventually to, to come to life. I honestly want to propel, uh, the main characters so everyone knows who they are because they read the book and now, Mm -hmm. um, place them on Netflix. So that's my, my, my goal two years from now is basically now that you read the story, um, now that the books are out, because my, my vision is to have at least 18. I want 18 of, uh, of our stories to be out. But the Netflix is to paint, now have it in, um, in a, a, a way for them to actually watch, you know, what's going on and uh, relate to the book. So that's my vision. That's my goal. But you've already mentioned my my full intent is definitely to support the the women and children and military families um, and women, men of the military um, and their families with uh, with the obstacles that we face every day. Yeah. And, you know, 
being a military family in general, whether you're the service member, whether you're a spouse, whether you're a child, you endure so many obstacles that come in your way. And it's hard to kind of convey those obstacles and say, you know, this is what I'm facing. This is what's in my way. This is what's challenging. Um, And it's hard to convey that and sometimes even put it into words of, you know, I'm scared or I'm lonely or I'm afraid or, you know, I'm angry. Like, you know, because sometimes we're angry. Like, you know, it's hard to put that into words to say what exactly you're feeling, but having a story in front of you, whether that be the book or whether that be a TV show, hopefully one day, you know, and seeing, seeing something unfold in front of you, it helps you understand like, okay, I'm not the only one experiencing this. I'm not the only one who's feeling lonely, who's feeling left out. You know, I'm feeling, my feelings are, are valid. And I think that's something that a lot of military children struggle with too, um, because they struggle with so many things and they're like, why am I struggling when, you know, this person's not. Right. Um, you, 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 like, uh, like always, you always hit, um, hit on things that, that are, are in my mind to, to talk about, but absolutely. Um, I want it to be to where it's like a guided tool for the parents. So if they're having a discussion and the tr- the child, you know, will say, well, Grace said, or Cameron, you know, Cameron did this, we can do that. And, you know, and Danielle, so talking about those main characters and, and putting it into perspective so that the parent can understand, okay, they're talking about the story. And so yeah. um, that's one of my, my intent um, behind um, constantly reminding um, everyone who reads the book. That's why I'm repeating the the main characters' names throughout the book, so they can understand that Cameron is you. You know, you are yeah. Cameron. You are Danielle. You are um, Grace. <laughs> yeah, <And Aiden>. <laughs> <laughs> it can be hard. You know, I feel fortunate to an extent that you know, both of my parents are military children themselves. My mom, her dad um, was reserved. So she didn't get, you know, the experience of moving around or anything. Um, My dad moved around quite a couple times. And so he had that experience. And then me and my sister kind of had the experiences of being reserved military kids and being active duty military kids to where we're moving. Um, So you guys really understand Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> really but it feels, you know, and I mean, I can't speak for military, all the military kids, because at, this is just kind of assuming. But when you have parents who serve in the military who weren't military kids, it's harder to relate to your parents um, from mom to dad to child. Mm-hmm. And Serving is totally different than being a military child when, you know, a lot of people say military children serve too, which I agree with, but they don't serve in the capacity that a service member does. So it can make it hard to convey experiences and say, okay, well, you know, I'm deploying, so I have to go. Like, I can't say no. And we're here as children and we're like, no, please say no. Like, don't go. And so... But having a parent who 
experienced their mom or dad deploying. Um, you know, they kind of have the ability to connect with their kids on a different level. That just sounded so crazy to me, but <laughs> if that made any sense. It makes sense because you talk again, you know, Grace, if when you get the copies of the books, you're going to realize that everything that you're saying, like <laughs> it's, it's basically what I am conveying in the books. You talk about connection. And you mm-hmm. also talk about different parents and th- their lives as uh, they grew up, military brat parents, and how um, I, I, I definitely, I, I don't ever want you to think that because your parents serve that you didn't serve, even though you feel that it's a different capacity. You serve because you endure exactly what they go through. They go, they, they, they're deploying and they're away from their family. And mm-hmm. so that pulls at their heart as well, as well as yours, uh, to include every TDY that they go on. And um, when when you hurt, they hurt too. So yeah. you are serving as well as them because you're sacrificing just as much as they are. Yeah. You're and I think that's, yeah, it's important, you know, that you said that. And, you know, while you know, your child, you're like, okay, well, I'm doing nothing. I'm going to school, you know, maybe I'm moving or, you know, away from my parent or, but you're kind of like, this is just my life. This is what I was, the life I was born into. This is who I was meant to be and who I was meant to become. But then you kind of look back on it and you take a step back and you're like, oh, I made just as many sacrifices as, you know, these servicemen and women do. Don't you forget that. Yes. There are so many challenges. When you say, you know, I'm just going to school. That's your parents are happy and proud that you are, you are in school and that you're successful. Okay. Their their child is okay. You know, so your job going to school, that's a job in itself too, because not only are you trying to get educated, but your family wants the best for you. And so, um, I want you to always remember that too, Grace. Um, you too served, you too made that sacrifice. You had a job to do, which is go to school while your parents are serving in that capacity. So, um, definitely please pat yourself on the back. Kudos to you and your family. And, um, thank you for sharing your story with me, uh, with your father, um, because, um, I don't think a lot of people know. I'm not sure if you you've announced that on your podcast, but that's uh, that's an impactful story. Uh, you have yeah. a story. You have your family have a story, and your family has a lot of history. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the whole goal of starting this podcast is to share, you know, these stories of military kids, um, because it's not it's not a normal life, like. You can compare it to civilian lives in some ways, but it's not the normal life. And it's not a life that, you know, it's it's hard. And I have said many times that if I was given the chance to choose between a military family and a civilian family before even anything happened, I probably would have said a civilian family. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like... um, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being away from my parents or being away. Like, you know, I didn't want that life. I kind of wanted just, I, 
again, I didn't have that choice, but (laughs) if I did, um, but I'm so grateful that I didn't have that choice because that's made me to who I am today. And resilient, all of that, all of them, all of the characteristics of a military brat, like, you know, it's just so incredible. The, just the values that the military instills into these children and most of the time it's secondhand because the military instills the same characteristics into the servicemen and women. And then it ends up being instilled in the children and yep. then in their children. And it just goes down the line and it creates this, this community of military. And it's just so incredible to see. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to, to leave you with this too, because uh, you, you mentioned that. My, I told you that I am also a military brat. So when I went to basic training, because I decided <laughs> to go in, because I saw my grandfather, he was uh, he was in the Air Force and he served 24 years as security forces. But at, back then it was Air Police. And I joined and I served as security forces, same um, career field, right? My father was Army. And so when I went to basic training and they were teaching me how to march, teaching me the ranks, teaching me all of these things that I already knew. And so my my T.I. pulled me aside. I'm not even going to share with you his question because he literally thought <laughs> he literally thought I was like in the military and that I was just <laughs> like he literally thought I was just basically um, inspecting his his flight <laughs> because every time they would ask me a, a question knowledge-based question I already knew the rank of the army and the air force and I knew how to march and I knew what the name of the execution um as far as uh the the type like when you actually do a left flank right flank to include I was ROTC in high school so that actually helped as well but um there was there was a lot of questions asked to me at the end of my my basic training, but they they didn't realize that I was not prior. <laughs> yes, it's so it it's hard to even realize and hard to even like imagine that you know we're technically being racist, you know, military like in ourselves, like you know we know. How, how to have a routine. We know like when it hits this time, this is happening or, you know, we have these certain things that are instilled in us and we're like, okay, like this is just normal. This is, but it's the way that the military is training the servicemen and women. And then it's training us as well. Yes. Whether like these kids join the military or not, like they're carrying this next generation and you know, we're going to be a stronger generation with military kids leading it. That too. Um, but the, the, the beauty part about it is that I, I'm a big fan about um, shared experience and just, you know, getting everyone to understand how to be stronger together. Um, so you're, you're better together, you're stronger together and, um, military children is just an added value, um, to society, you know, but, to to tie it all in, everyone is stronger together. And I believe um, that if we we actually invest in our children today, um, mm-hmm. we can almost guarantee a better outcome for our future because 
the children today are our future. <laughs> so, yes. so um, we got to put our money where our mouth is and start investing in, in our kids. Yes, I totally agree. So when is the next book coming out? What can like listeners expect? And what are your hopes for this next next book coming out? A lot of people are not expecting this, but the first book, like I mentioned, is on relocation. Second book is on deployment. Third book is on resilience. And it's actually co-authored. So it's co-authored with the, the one and only the chief master sergeant of the Air Force. Uh, she is actually the first uh, female um, to be in that position. She is such a beautiful woman. It's like a, her spirit is just uh, everything. She's a great mentor, great leader. Um, and so I, I'm very, very grateful to have this opportunity to co-author and write a book with her. And so um, she she will be, uh, she is uh, the co-author for the third book and we plan on launching this next month. So uh, please uh, check on Amazon and check on uh, lifeofamilitarychild.net. That's where you can actually purchase the book. So Amazon and the website itself um, to include, if you can tune in and you'll see our um, our advertisements and our promotion as we're working uh, those through those kinks and working out uh, our next uh, books, um, you'll see exactly where we're at on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So everything is life of a military child. And um, definitely tune in um, to see what's happening next because we have more um, co-authors coming. That's so amazing and so incredible. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing about this and sharing some of your experiences Um, and good luck to you. Thank you so much, Grace. Thanks for having me. Take care. Yes, thank you. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Grace of Military Child podcast. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to follow, like, share, subscribe, review, and comment. You can also follow us at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more podcast-related content. If you or someone you know is a military child who would like to be on the podcast, please send us a message to one of our social media platforms, or you can send an email to grace.of.a military.child at gmail.com. Tune in next Thursday to hear another incredible journey.